0: Am I right or am I wrong? The intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet daily fire. Facts only. Check your feelings at the door. This ain't the place for the left, the right, snowflakes, social justice warriors. No BS. Keep it 100. 100. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys download the podcast, the George Reister podcast. Uh, good interviews on there, along with Reister or Wrong. Listen to the YouTube channel. Uh, follow it, George Reister. Um, and you want to send me a note? GW Podcast at unafraidshow.com. Find me on Twitter, at George Reister. Let's go. So, we got a couple really good things up for you guys today. And it is the college football. You're most likely going to see it in April and not a second before that. There is a legitimate reason for that. The NBA and Black Lives Matter with their social justice initiative, putting the names on the jerseys, uh, putting uh, causes on the jerseys, all of this. Uh, We're going to talk about sheep People calling people sheep. I'm going to tell you who the real sheep are. And we're going to talk about Terry Crews as well. So we're going to start out at the beginning with college football. This is going to take us back to a little bit of a history lesson when it comes to what happened in February. In February and March, The some of the smartest, most most prestigious research institutions in the uni- in the world really are located in at Ivy League schools. So you have, you know, obviously Harvard, Yale, uh Columbia, Cornell, uh, uh like all these schools that are in the Ivy League. What did they do when it came to college basketball? Everybody said they overreacted. They canceled their tournament And then a few days later, they came out and said that they were not going to the NCAA tournament, period, season over. Everybody said the Ivy League overreacted. Huh. But then what happens a few weeks later when conference tournaments are going out? Everything gets shut down. We find out that the Utah Jazz players get it. All of sports ends up shut down immediately. And now here we we are. And yesterday... What the Ivy League came out and said, which is very important, is that they are making contingency plans for playing college football in April. Why does this matter and why is the Ivy League probably right about this? Number one, they were right about basketball. And the second thing is, is that the Ivy League is one of the few places. That is not tied their football play is not tied to the financial health of the university. All these places have huge endowments and there and they can make good decisions based upon information and knowledge without uh, trying to be without factoring in, you know, money. And so you're going to have probably which makes sense is see football in the spring Rather than this fall, that way it can be played, because if school here's the truth, if schools could make the same amount without sports, would they really be playing right now and pushing for the kids to be on campus despite covid tests and all that? Would they be doing it? The answer is no. The answer is no. So you can probably expect foot, uh, uh, football to happen in twenty twenty one. And Oh, well, how about the NFL? NFL, same thing. They're going to try to shoehorn this thing in. But they're at the same problem that MLB is having. You have Ezekiel Elliott who tested positive. Wasn't able to work out. You got uh, other players who've tested positive. And mind you, there are people, coaches. You got all this other stuff that uh, will create a logistical nightmare. Because in football in particular, there's injured reserve. Short-term, long-term, you're going to have to create you're gonna have to uh, are these work related issues all of this creates a financial nightmare for the NFL because how do you manage your roster if your quarterback if he gets sick and he didn't know and then he infects the rest of the quarterback room how the hell you play uh, football with no quarterbacks you're gonna bring one in for two weeks but what if they're not healthy in two weeks like it creates workers comp issues this is a financial and logistical nightmare. And the same thing is happening with MLB. I think we all have heard of Buster Olney. Buster Olney is the baseball writer, well-known. You've seen him on ESPN, a bunch of other programs, all of that. They asked him what did he think the chances are that baseball is going to finish their season. He said 0%, 0% that they would finish the season and only a 5% chance that they would start. So, and baseball is trying to play in their own individual stadiums. Same as the NFL, same as college football. Because in baseball, to go back to them for a half a second, there are 1,800 players, 60 players on 30 teams, who they have to be tested. And then there are, let's assume, about 50 coaches. Coaches and staff members who also must be tested. That's another 1,500. So, if 3,300 people are tested... How many positive results would be a problem? Let's say that there's ten percent, ten percent, three hundred and thirty. Is that enough to put the season in jeopardy? These are the things that people are wondering at this point. Uh, next thing up, we're talking about being a sheep. Being a sheep is following information from people, opinions from people, with no data, no science. Say, I don't know. I just believe this. Yeah, but you need to have some logical reasoning for it. If you don't, you're a sheep. That's why I asked you, did you read it? Nope. Just because Tucker Carlson, Rachel Maddow, Wolf Blitzer, whoever the hell else you like that they said it, you shouldn't just believe it. Read it for yourself. Find some reputable sources that don't have a financial interest in you coming back for clicks. That's what makes you a sheep so you can filter through. So when you're watching everything else, you can filter through the BS. You are a sheep if you believe that politics has some impact on the bottom line in sports. The NFL has proven that that that's not true. They've proven it. Politics has always been uh, involved in sports. I- NFL ratings went down for a second. The ratings went down. Viewership did not go down because people who uh, you had cord cutters, people like me who watch the games on their phone at their kids' games on the weekend, we uh, we didn't count in the ratings. All of this, but NFL revenue has gone up consistently twenty plus years. Uh, revenue's not going up if if people aren't watching. That don't even make sense, dude. Like people will tell you this, but don't believe it. Do not be a sheep who just believes that at all. You had people like Clay telling you, oh, Nike's going to stocks going to tank because they they made this Kaepernick ad. People are going to get sick of it. They're going to buy other shoes. Yeah, right. Nike just makes good stuff and they're popular. That's what people want as far as being a sheep, because people get to talking about sheep and wearing masks, wearing masks. And I'm gonna simplify this whole coronavirus mask thing the simplest way that you've probably ever heard it. And I'm gonna liken it to smoking because people say, "Oh, I'm I'm free. I'm an American. I don't have to wear a mask. I can do what I want to do." Yeah, you are free. You are 100% free. I am free to live as we uh, believe and please. However. Liking it to smoking. You're free to smoke. You are free to inhale all the tar and nicotine in your lungs that you please. But don't try to do it in restaurants, don't try to do it in office buildings. Don't try to do it near that office building. Don't try to do it in a school, a stadium, any of that. See, you're you're actually used to having those types of things happen because. Just because you are free and have rights to do things doesn't mean that you get to intrude on somebody else's health. It is the same exact thing, like, but people have turned it into a political issue. Oh, red states, we're opening up. Now they're, now they're closing down. It's not a, a political issue, and anybody that makes a, a political issue is lame as hell. This is just a public health issue that needs to be solved properly. I don't care. Florida, California, Texas, Arizona, South Carolina, whoever's shutting down. Let's just find a way to uh, crush, not uh, flatten the curve, crush the curve like they did in Europe. Very simple math, man. Uh, Next thing up. So we have the NBA with uh, Black Lives Matter. I know that they're going to have patches. It's going to say it on the floor. All of this. And I know that it is hard for some people because it's going to be in their face and it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to deal with this all the time because it's heavy stuff. And I get that. Uh, That's where sometimes people get tired is they're like, listen, after the election last time there was fatigue, all of this stuff, people were upset with each other, going off, losing family members on Facebook, all of that. That makes you tired. But the problem is this for so long these issues and things weren't dealt with and so NBA players are saying why should they be concerned about somebody else's fragility they're them being fragile because change is necessary and the other thing is change doesn't come on your time it don't come on my time it doesn't come on your time doesn't come on when we want it it just is what it is. Um, And truthfully, the majority of Americans uh, polls have shown that they agree that they want this, that they want change and all of that. But the question is, how much of it do they want in their face in terms of uh, that, that fatigue and that emotional stress that you have on a daily basis and having some escape from that? And you will also have some people telling you this is that you're a sheep. Well, I'm, actually, I'm going to tell you this, that you are a sheep if you are saying, uh, if you get stuck in old doctrine, when you see there's a better path, take it. You are a sheep if you say things like, we've always done it this way. These monuments and names have been up. They're part of history. Yeah, they're part of history. Put in a book. Put in a book. Let them read about it. Shouldn't have shrines up anyway, first thing. Second thing is you shouldn't have shrines of of jerks. If you are, like you can't have somebody that openly was an, an asshole to other people and fought against other people's rights and expect them to keep a statue up. Sorry, that's why I say don't even put a statue of me up. Don't do it. I'm not perfect. I'm not claiming to be. And and everybody has their little dusty corners and if you dig up some film from 1999, uh, I don't know what I said back then. The history is what needs to be changed and the history is what needs to be taught. Because American history is taught like like this. Perfect example of it. If you see a bear like one of those pictures with a bear with a salmon in his mouth, you know, he's coming up out the water, salmon in his mouth. And he said, and uh, American history is taught like, oh, look at that nice bear. He just saved that fish from drowning. That's the way American history is taught. No, you got to get down, dirty, and ugly. Tell the truth. Like, it doesn't, that's not going to destroy people's love for the country. Like, as a black man whose history has been stripped from him don't know where all my ancestors came from i got some information from ancestor dna but who knows what the hell that that's about i don't know my great great grandparents all of this, like where we came from all of that like my history and my culture is here like i don't have you know where italian people or nigerian people or or um or or arab americans anything they have things that they do in their culture. No, my culture is 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 Nathan's hot dog eating contest and sports. That's what it is. Um so either get with the times or get out the way. To to circle it back with the NBA, I am 100% on board with them feeling like that the players who are majority black feeling like that they need to keep the cause going. I do believe that at times it will cause some fatigue for some people because that emotions, I mean, cause I've felt these emotions for weeks upon weeks, like magnified more than usual. And yes, there c- could be some fatigue with it, but guess what? This is necessary. We don't get to choose when the change happens. We just have to be part of the change. Um, last thing up, we got Terry Cruz, Terry Cruz, his tweet, Sent everybody in a tailspin yesterday and I sent out a message. I sent, I replied to it, to Holly's tweet, Holly Robinson, Pete's tweet with like, like turning away. Like I can't believe this bro said, said this. Here's a tweet. He said, he said, if you are a child of God, you are my brother and sister. I have family of every race, creed and ideology. We must ensure that black lives matter doesn't morph into black lives better here here's so my initial part about it was i was like what is this negro talking about like what like nobody's talking about black lives better just you know black lives matter just are equal uh stopping with the uh ending police brutality ending profiling of uh, having people view people not for the content of their character and not by their race and creed, like do just stop it. Or and understanding their race and creed at the same time, it's con- it's complicated. Terry Crews, even though it initially like threw people off, he's got a different perspective because his conversations are different in his house with his family because he just said he's got family of every race, creed, and ideology. So his conversations in his house are different. He's got a white wife that, that they have family all of they have a blended blended group going going on. So, yeah, you're going to have different thoughts and ideas. So I think that his point was that from his conversations and what people are feeling who are being uncomfortable with these conversations is that he's right, that that's what they're feeling. And like I said before, you don't get to choose it. But it's a fact that that he has a legitimate point there in terms of messaging, messaging, not the fact that people are actually believe that black lives are better. It's the messaging about continuing to emphasize that about equality, all this stuff and pay attention to when when white people get abused by the police, when Mexicans get abused by the police, police brutality, all of that. Make sure that it's a big deal as well. Because if you fix it for black people, you actually end up fixing it for all people as well. And the most important thing here, here's the, here's the, uh, sheepish behavior too. when we can't leave room for people who disagree with us, have no understanding from their geographic racial, uh, their education and all of that, what their life and what they were taught as kids. Because kids don't grow up racist. They're taught racism. When you are a person who's been wronged. You end up having to wear the heaviest burden. And. But at the same time, you don't get to like, it's not okay for you to treat other folks wrong just to even the score. Like that, that's the hard part about it. Like, for instance, like if you go into real estate, right where redlining has happened uh black folks weren't given opportunities at loans and houses and all of this right so imagine if a white person and a black person are well you have a whole group of people uh putting in bids for a house and i'm talking about in 2020 and you have a person selling it and they're like listen i want to make sure this house goes to a black family All right. But that goes against the Fair Housing Act, like you're just supposed to make an objective decision about whatever it is. And yeah, because of redlining, because all of this, yeah, you might want to do that, but that's the wrong thing to do. And yes, it feels like, okay, well, it happened to me. It happened to us. Yeah, but you end up wearing the heaviest burden when you were the person that's being wrong, which actually sucks because that's the only way to get anything better out in life for the collective group. And it sucks. Like it it is 100 percent wrong, but that is the only way. It's just extremely frustrating. And I get it. It's extremely frustrating for people in that. But that's what it what it is. And when it goes back to messaging, the messaging about Black Lives Matter is equal treatment in police brutality that that ends in death and that does not end in death and stop looking at black people as criminals like you're doing something wrong and all of this there are about four well over 40 million black people in the United States about four of of like 450,000 in jail huh that's about 1% of the population so 99 percent of black people are law abiding citizens doing the right thing. I'm not even going to talk. We're, we're just going to assume these numbers. We're, we're going to take away all the other factors that have to go into it. One percent of black people. So how on earth do you have people talking about black on black crime when white people kill just more people than more white people than black people kill black people every every year? Um, and then it's only one percent of people because if we were talking about police officers people would just say these are a few bad apples just a few bad apples exactly the point so you have to translate these things over the whole bad apples theory should apply to everybody in every situation am I right or am I wrong you guys uh, make sure you guys I'll be here regularly Uh, you can shoot me an email gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com you can find it on YouTube uh, under YouTube, George Reister. Find it on the podcast, George Reister. <laughs> Easy to find. Make sure you guys share it with a friend. Peace out. Catch you guys later.